But I'll tell you what, if your heart is right, you'll pray that that enemy will never know the vengeance of God, that it will have been poured out on Jesus Christ and that it will end right there with Jesus. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Do you know your car, your lawnmower, has a thing called a governor on it to keep it from over-revving? Like when I changed the wires, remember? Yes. I changed the wires in our house one time when we lived on Lake Shannon. And the electrical wires, and I thought I fixed them. We took a wall out, and I rewired all those, pulled them into the crawl space and put a nice box and wired them together. Teresa says to me, Pat, I think something's wrong. I said, what's the matter? She said, all Joe's fish in his fish tank are dead. Oh, no, yeah, and when I, when I plug in the vacuum and turn it on, it goes, whee! Turns out that when you hook the wires up just right, you get 220 in your 110 outlet. <laughs> Thank God. I'm, I'm not sure it was too good for the vacuum cleaner or Joe's fish, though. <laughs> so we have this. We have this set. I don't think that's probably even a complete list, but it's worth worthwhile list, right? If that's representative of what we get and we can manifest because of God the Holy Spirit being inside of us, one of those is peace. And the only thing that limits it is us. Letting it be manifest in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against these there is no governor. There's nothing. God says if you want to exhibit patience, you can patience until there's just no stop. The same is true with peace. There's no rule, no law, no nothing against you having the peace of God in you and about you. Matthew 6, 24 through 34. People talk about life verses. I don't know why, but, but this is a life, life course of verses for me. 6, 24 through 34. This is the Sermon on the Mount. This is Jesus speaking. No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Listen, I think... And I think the following scriptures bear this out. He says, you cannot serve God and, I put an underline. You put in there what you want. You could put in there fear. You could put in there lust. You could put in there selfishness. You could put in there anything you want. And you cannot serve those things that are not God and God. You have to make a decision who's you're going to be. And so then he goes on. He says, for this reason, what reason? You cannot serve God and Pick it, whatever it is. You can't serve God and something that's not God. And he goes right to fear. So he said God and wealth, and then he expands upon it in the context of fear and anxiety. For this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat. Okay, I repent. Or what you will drink. (laughs) Not that I ever have a worry that I won't have something to eat, but I do think about that sometimes. Sorry, Lord. What you'll eat or what you'll drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow, nor reap, nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? Worry about something for a half hour. And then take do this. Take an inventory. 
and find something. Whoa, that thing. And then worry about it for a half an hour. And then take another inventory and tell me what's changed. You know what's changed? You piddled away a half hour of your life. That's the only thing that's changed. It doesn't fix anything. Trusting God will fix it, though. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil, nor do they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon, in all his glory, clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Well, there's a little key word right there. Trusting God requires faith. Because it's always going to get tested. If my experience is anything to be true. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. You know what that says? Let me just boil it down for you. That says that if you will spend your life being about the Lord's business, He will be about your business. And can I just tell you what? You can't do better than that. It's not possible. I used to be about HP's life. And then they just start letting people go. The only reason I think I lived through that whole thing, not lived like die, but you know, didn't get let go was God. Because in the midst of it, I had so much anxiety, and I came across that scripture. I said, God, if that's true, then I'm done worrying about my job. I think you expect me. They give me a paycheck. I'm supposed to give them some of my time. I'm giving them 40 hours from like 65 hours. A little more if they need it, a little less if they don't. 40 hours. I have to be faithful to, you know, they're paying me. I should do something. But the rest I'm giving to you to seek your kingdom and your righteousness. And I said to God, I don't even know what that means. I don't have a clue. So I just have to trust you. You'll get me to the place where I'm seeking your kingdom and your righteousness. Didn't get laid off, nothing. But thousands and thousands of people did. You know why? Because they don't have a, the company doesn't have a heart. It's just a thing. It does what it thinks is best for itself. And, and, and anybody that's got a job at work, Dana's like, amen, brother. <laughs> we might get all Pentecostal here in a minute. I'm sorry, I keep having a vision. I'm, this, I didn't say it, but this is what I want to see when Keith comes back, that the Holy Spirit touches him so powerfully. For those of you that remember when Phyllis and Richard, his parents, used to come, and the Holy Spirit would get on Phyllis, and I'd call it the Holy Spirit shuffle. Woo! Woo! And, it, it, and if you saw it, you knew that was real. There's a way. See, I was talking to Steve about the other day. He's like, man, I get out of my chair and rope because I don't want to see her bounce her head off the floor because he knew it was coming when the Holy Spirit got... Lord, I don't know if it's just for fun. Don't do it if it's not good. But if we could see Keith just, just a little, I think that would, be, that would be a wonderful sign. Yeah. I think he just got his voice back in there. <laughs> anyway, the point is this, that we don't worry about things. We don't worry about provision. Nothing. Because we're about God's business, and God is about our business. Seeking first his kingdom, the manifestation of righteousness and truth, and his righteousness in and through us. It's like the prayer we prayed today. Come on, buddy, I see you. 
This course of scripture ends in verse 34. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You don't bring tomorrow's problems into today. You take care of tomorrow's problems tomorrow. And you, and you know what? If you don't suck tomorrow's problems into today and you hit tomorrow, sometimes they're not there waiting for you when you get there. They've taken care of themselves. They've gotten out of the way. There's no need to suck something into now that isn't for now. Amen? Okay. You the man there, young man. Honestly, that whole thing boils down to trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. Trust God. My prayer in Africa, I want to go home, God. <laughs> I want a flush toilet, Lord. <laughs> Proverbs chapter 3. I'm going to read all the way from verse 1 to verse 10. My son, do not forget my teaching. Do not, or excuse me, do not forget my teaching, but let your muffins. But let your heart keep my commandments. Don't forget my teachings and let your heart keep my commandments. For length of days and years of life and peace they will add to you. That's the answer right there to a peaceful life. Keep his commandments. Let wisdom reign in your hearts. Biblical wisdom reign in your hearts. Do not let kindness and truth leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart so you will find favor and good repute in the sight of God and man. Kindness seems like a pretty powerful thing. Truth, powerful. Verse 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will make your paths straight. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with wine. Do you see the if then, if this, then that? If this, then that. I got to believe if that's true, then not this, not that, not this, not that. No peace with God and man. If you got the yes, then the no in the absence of the thing has to be the response. So these things are excellent, wise teachings for us to have peace in our lives. Keep my commandments and peace will be added to you. Trust in the Lord and he will make your path straight. Do not lean on your own understanding. Do not be wise in your own eyes. Let your wisdom and understanding come from God's word. Honor the Lord with your health, or excuse me, your health, with your wealth. You'll have what you need, full barns and overflowing vats. Deuteronomy chapter 5, 32 and 33. What came to me when I went looking for this scripture was in all this that we're talking about. Follow Jesus. Keep his commands. Don't look to the left. Don't look to the right. That was what came to me. And here it is in this scripture. Deuteronomy 5, 32 and 33. So you shall observe to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, in, that you may live and that it may be well with you, which speaks to peaceful, that it may be peaceful for you. 
and that you may prolong your days in the land which you possess. Do as the Lord your God commanded. Peace in your life. Jesus said in the Great Commission, before he went to be at the right hand of the Father, he said, teach them all that I've commanded you. Not turning to the left or the right, walk the straight path of obedience, that it may be well with you. Peaceful, I think so. So, peace with God, having a peaceful life to follow the statutes and the teachings and the commands and the wisdom of God, and then peace in the situation. So we have a situation, right? And, and you know, I don't know where she went. Patty's not here. She's probably eating the white muffins. Yeah, well, I don't think she wasn't okay. I just don't notice her here. But Patty has a situation. We have a situation. But it's way more intense for Patty than it is for us, right? If it was our buttercup, it would be more intense for us. It's interesting to be able to see the Lord work with somebody in a situation as dramatic as this one, but not have it be you, where you're having to deal with it in the manner of the heart that she has that we can't have for Keith. Yeah. Mark four thirty nine through 41. And he got up, Jesus is in the boat, and the boat's going like crazy for the big storm is on the water, and all the guys, all the guys are scared to death. They all think they're going to die, and, and Jesus' response to that whole thing is to take a nap in the back of the boat on the cushion. Right? If I'm taking a nap, I'll do it on the cushion too. And he, Jesus, got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Hush, be still. And the, wor- and the wind died down, and it became perfectly calm. And he said to them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They became very much afraid and said to one another, Who, is th- who then is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? Guess, guess who he is on this earth right now? It's you filled with the Holy Spirit. I, th- I think it's interesting. The way when I went looking for this scripture, the words in my head were, Peace be still. And in other translations you see it. But in our world, I think hush be still is just right. Because what's the sound that needs dealt with? And Jesus in a boat, it's the wind and it's the waves. You speak to the nature and it obeys you if you're Jesus. And I think it'll obey us if we're walking in the right way with Jesus. But ours is not wind and waves. Well, I hope it's never wind and waves. <laughs> but ours is the voice in our head. It's the It's the... The flaming arrow, it's the, the thought that won't stand obedient to Christ or won't stand obedient to the truth of God. It's that thing, and that thing needs to be told, shut up. What did Larkin do? She said, shut up, you have no authority over me. She said, hush, be still. She went back to sleep. Or, you know, I'm not a detail guy, I don't know. My, my story says you went back to sleep, but it's your testimony. Well, what else did Jesus do? He, did he think about it? Did he wonder, did he... He spoke. Remember at the beginning, death and life are in the power of your tongue. Speak to the mountain and it will move. Jesus spoke. He said, hush, be still. That's what we need to do. When that devil comes against us, when life comes against us, when you have a thought that doesn't agree with faith, hush, be still. Get behind me, Satan. And then you replace it with the truth of the word of God. Amen? Okay. Isaiah 26 and verse 3. I mean, I'm an NASB guy, so I'll read it to you out of the NASB. Don't tell Steve. I'll read it out of you from the ESV as well, because that's kind of more the way people know this. Isaiah 26, 3. 
this in the NASB, the steadfast of mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trusts in you. He is us, you is God. Uh, in the ESV it reads this way, you God, keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. I'm telling you, managing your thoughts is the absolute primary key to having peace. You manage your thoughts. How do I manage my thoughts? Well, one thought comes, you have to compare it. Does it stand obedient to Jesus? Does it exalt itself above a true knowledge of God? If it, if it tries to exalt itself above a true knowledge of God, if it doesn't stand obedient to Jesus, it has to go. It has to go. Are you trying to show me something? Oh, yeah, right. You're distracting. Rebecca, don't look at them. I have the words of life. Joey, Joey must be back there, Joey, you are. Anyway, God keeps him, the person in perfect peace, whose mind stays on God, on his word, on his truth, on his testimony. Philippians 4, 6-9, it's a Margie scripture. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension, or mind, that word is mind. Like your mind can't comprehend the peace that comes from God that you can have if you follow his instruction. The peace of God, which surpasses all excuse me, comprehension, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is of good repute. If there is any excellent and excellence, and if anything worthy of worthy of praise, dwell on these things. The things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Same principle as Isaiah twenty six. Where will your mind dwell? Will it dwell on the circumstance or will it dwell on the promise? Will it dwell in the lie that's natural or will it dwell in the truth that's spiritual from God? Now, you think that this is true? It's the Word of God. What are you given to be anxious for? Nothing. Right, what, what does nothing include? Nothing. Right, so in any and every circumstance, think about that for a minute. There's peace available to you. The scripture tells you how to find it, right? Make your request known to God in prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So you go to God with your anxiety that's trying to get on you. I'm not claiming it to be yours. You do it in the way that he says, and then you set your mind the things that are true and lovely, that have a good report, that are godly. I do it. When I get thoughts in my head that don't belong there, I recite Psalm 23. I submit to God, I resist the devil, and he must flee from me. Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. What am I doing? I'm setting my mind I'm filling my mind with truth. And I'll have thoughts. 
And I'll get about to the valley of the shadow of death and I'll stop and I'll think to myself, what caused me to start this? I know why I started it, because I'm submitting to God. I'm resisting the devil. And, and one time God spoke to me. I'm like, holy smokes, I cannot remember what the thought was that I'm trying to rid myself of. And you know what I heard? Submit to God, resist the devil. And, he, and I'm like, wow, I, there you go. That was the devil. And he left, and his thought left with him, and the memory of his thought Amen. left Woo. with him. Why? Because that's what the Bible tells us to do. We just do it. There's two things in there. The peace of God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. And the God of peace, the peace of God and the God of peace will be with you. Do you believe that? That's exactly right. I'm at the part that says summary. No amen in me yet. Summary. You can have peace with God. If you respond to the gospel in the way the gospel is to be responded to, you will be put at peace with God. And you will know that all of your sin and all of your unrighteousness will have been transferred to his account. It will have been paid at the cross. And what you received was the very righteousness of the perfect and spotless Lamb of God himself. You can have a peaceful life. You might have some tribulation in this world, but you can have the absolute opportunity for a peaceful life if you live your life according to the way that your maker has prescribed for you to live it. You can have a peaceful life. Choice. You can have peace in the storm. You saw the scriptures. You can have peace in the storm if you choose to have peace in the storm. And you trust God. You'll have peace in the storm. You know, I have a storm. And I've been really, honestly, if I'm honest with you, I've surrendered my peace to the storm. I'm screaming, Jesus, we're going to fall out of the boat and die. And I'm sad about that. Because it doesn't, it's not faithful. You know, I don't understand it, but I don't have to understand it. I have to trust God. Amen. So I, I've repented before the Lord. I've confessed and repented. But I'm going to need his grace to not fall back into that thing again. Know that in Christ, you are at peace with God eternally. Know that for a peaceful life, don't be disobedient or apathetic to the commands and precepts of God. Living according to His ways keeps us close to the God of all comfort, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and away from His discipline and opens no doors to the enemy. There's no sense in giving Satan any opportunity to mess with us. Right? So, so walk in obedience. Walk circumspectly, I think is a real word. And then you don't offer any opportunities to Satan or open the door for God's need to discipline us. In any situation, be careful. Be careful and be conscious as to where you set your mind. The report of the world or the promise of God. Finally, I'll just leave you with this and then I'll stop. Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, let us draw near with confidence or boldly 
to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. 14 through 16. You and I, in any circumstance, can boldly, confidently approach the throne of grace and find mercy and grace from the very one who knows every one of our circumstances, not just because he has knowledge of it. Everything that tests us, he's been tested in, and he's passed the test. He's not going to tell you, well, I did it, you should just do it too. He's going to have sympathy, he's going to have empathy, and he's going to walk you through that thing. Amen? Amen. Amen.